Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, we have the privilege of talking with Belle Lockerbie, the the author of Awkward is the New Brave. Now, if you stumble over to goodreads.com and you happen to look up Awkward is the New Brave, you'll find the following paragraph. And I love this paragraph, and I thought it'd be a very nice way to introduce both Belle and her book to our audience. It says, using humor as her shield and honesty as her sword, 40-something single mom Belle Lockerbie embarks on a year of bravery to become a worthiness warrior, putting the ghosts of her painful past to rest. Her touching story powerfully weaves together the many life traumas and tragedies, the least of which is the state of her underwear drawer, (laughs) while bringing hope, light, joy, and ultimately bravery to those willing to walk with her. So that is the person that we're going to speak with today. Belle, thank you so much for being on Focused on Forward. Thank you for having me, Tim. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I, I'm super excited uh, to talk with you, uh, not just because you have a, a really interesting backstory. I'm more interested in, in, as I am with all of our guests, the things that you've done to become Focused on Forward, the things that you've done to move forward in your life. And uh, I think it's really outstanding uh, the way that you go into it in this book. So I'd like to to share a little bit of that with with our guests today. But if you if you don't mind, would you mind sharing some of your backstory that led up to the point of writing your book? Yeah, sure. So um, I work as a I work as a transformational coach, and I have been um, helping mums in particular get their businesses up and running and, and launched. And the reason that I was so passionate about that is I lost my own mother to depression when I was 19. I lost my father to cancer when I was 29. And when my daughter was five months old, I lost my older sister to cancer. And in that moment, I knew that my corporate life was not where I wanted to be in terms of how I wanted to spend time with people I cared about. So I started um, a plan and it took me a few years to get there. I started a plan to leave corporate and start up my own business and take all of my skills that I had and, and do things differently so that I could live in a way that I could be there for my kids and had you know time in school holidays and all those things to create really good memories for them. But as I went through this program and was mentoring women, I came across a photographer, her name's Amanda, and she had gone from being a geophysicist to starting a photography business to support her daughter, who has a syndrome called Noonan syndrome. And she had asked me this question around, how can I be me 
when I'm so used to trying to fit in a in a box in business world in, in corporate world and I said the line to her there is great strength in choosing vulnerability so I had completely Brene Browned her and on the inside I cringed a bit because I knew that I wasn't being fully vulnerable in my own life I knew that I needed to be a little bit braver when it came to um finding joy and stop hiding behind my roles of being this busy mum and, and busy in work and I got I ended up being really scared that I had become so strong from dealing with traumas that I got a little bit scared for my humanity in terms of maybe I didn't know how to feel anymore and maybe I wasn't really being brave in all areas so I needed to hold myself to account and that's where the book kind of starts as I have this realization that I need to be brave in a bigger way and I really need to start living life and, and honoring the life that I'm gifted because people that I love aren't here to, to do that. So that's how the book starts to unfold as I set off on having a dedicated year of being brave. And yes, it does feel it is awkward at times because change is like that. It's it's a scary thing for people. That word change tends to, you know, um, be tricky to to undertake. So I've I rallied a, a couple of friends together to do this journey with me. And that's probably my number one tip is when you are moving forward, you do not have to do it alone. Quite often we think we have to um, face any challenge alone, but we don't. Okay. So you went on this journey from, I kind of look at it like a, uh, going from a moth to, or a caterpillar rather to a butterfly. Yeah. So uh, you kind of hid in a cocoon, it sounds like, to some degree. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit. So outwardly, everyone saw this um, very strong, successful person, which on, on paper, it looked, it looked great. The business was doing well. I, the bank, um, after my family kind of restructured itself, the bank saw enough potential in my business that they allowed a single mum to, to have a mortgage. So that was all going great. But internally, I was, um, I was not that great. I like I was hiding in work. And if my, if my kids weren't with me, I would kind of keep working a little bit. Um, so I really needed to get back out and experience life. And I wanted my children to know what real joy looked like. I wanted them to know what love looked like. So I had to start to redefine some of those words that um, I had probably created when I was a child. So words like bravery when I was little meant superheroes and saving people and not necessarily speaking up about it because I came from that generation of children should be seen and not heard. So it was sure. really about finding my own voice again and, and um, being courageous. So yeah, in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that, that stands out to me about your story is that there wasn't just one loss, there was repeated loss. Yeah. So how did you learn to deal with loss and be able to move forward? Because for many, that's a very difficult, difficult it step. Is. It is. And I feel you can deal with them in a different way. So my, when my mum passed away, or she, she took her life, it was a shock. It wasn't expected. She had rung me that day and said that, um, like we were supposed to have plans for dinner that evening. She had told me she loved me and I thought it was a bit weird. And I said, I'll see you tonight. 
And unfortunately, as I've gone to head out the door, I've had a knock on it instead. And my stepfather and my younger sister were there to, to inform me of this. So my instinct, and this comes from some other childhood trauma, trauma was to protect people. So um, the adults around me at the time thought that I was coping quite well. So I was given tasks of looking for suicide notes or wills and organising coffins and everything. And I think my coping mechanism at that point in time was almost to kind of switch off a little bit and just to try and make sure that everyone else was okay. When I lost my father, which was not quite, it was around about 10 years after my mum, I wasn't ready to deal with the loss of another parent. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was harder um, in some way. So he had cancer. So there was that preparation time, but you kind of internally, it was like, well, I'm not, I'm not ready. So grief can be different for, you know, for different people that there's no, unfortunately, there's no textbook road to healing or, or anything. Right. It, it takes time. Um, some years are easier. Others, when, you know, major events crop up, you, you miss them more. But I think it's to, what, what I found was helpful for me is to really, um, one, ap appreciate the life that I have, to recognise that um, so with my mum and, and her mental health battles in particular was to recognise that I truly believe if she really knew the impacts of her decisions or she had different support frameworks around her, she may have chose differently. Mm -hmm. So a, a big message for that to me is to have those conversations about um, health, whether it's your mental health or your physical health and go and get the checkups. Like if you're experiencing sadness day in and day out, it may be that your thoughts are broken and you need to, and just like if you broke your arm, you would go and see a doctor to get your arm reset. So you may need that assistance to, to get your mindset reset. So it's really, really important to me um, that as many people as possible hear that message just to check in on themselves because you need it for a long time. You really are. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually very good advice. I think sometimes we we downplay the importance of our own mental health, of our family members' mental health, and we just feel that people will be okay and they'll, they'll you know, they'll move past it. It'll be okay. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I appreciated about your book and what I what I was able to see from it um, is that there's a, a complete level of vulnerability from you. Um, yes. You are pretty open and honest about, well, everything. Uh, there's a brutal and raw honesty uh, about your book and the way you why uh, the way that you write uh, write it rather, why was it important for you to be that honest or that vulnerable in your book? So, for me, that, that vulnerability is very much tied to bravery, and you know I have to admit my editor pushed me to go all in. She's like, if you, if you're going to be brave, you need to be really brave and and really open up on these things. So. A big part of what I talk about in the book in terms of grief and even starting over and, and you know, the, the light moments as well was to really share that we're not alone in these human experiences of coming up against self-doubt. Mm -hmm. And one of the beautiful and yet really sad things that happened with women in particular who read the book is I would have them reach out and say, you know what, I 
I'm not, a, I know I'm not alone now. I thought it was only me who had gone through this or I thought it was only me who'd had this trauma go in, thank, um, happening in my childhood. Thank you for talking about it openly and talking about how you got to forgiveness with things and sharing mm-hmm. um, how how you started to be brave and, and get back out there. So they started to be inspired to be brave themselves and and wanted to find their own their own thing, not necessarily the same thing as me, but their own thing to just live a little bit more um, in terms of who they are, which I think is really important for people to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, one of, I think one of the, um, the notes that I picked up from your book was that the importance of being kind to yourself. Yes. And so can you speak on that for a moment as to why that is such an important thing for us to as human beings to learn because I, I don't think that intrinsically we are kind to ourselves yeah we so we have a tendency to find being kind to others easier we're we're raised to be polite people but we're not necessarily raised to celebrate ourselves or we're not necessarily raised to um you know be kind to ourselves so for me, that first realization that I needed to do something different came about after my family had collapsed and I really thought that I had failed. I thought I'd failed my children. I thought I'd failed my definitions of success in life. And I caught a picture of, I basically caught myself in the mirror. And I remember looking, thinking, what, like, what happened to you? Like, where did you go? I just look so sad and so broken. And I made a commitment that day. So I did two things. One, like any good Instagrammer, I took a selfie. (laughs) Two is I made a commitment to start being kind to me. And it started by looking in the mirror each day, because at, at that point in time, I couldn't find anything inwardly or outwardly that I really liked about me. So I would get up every day and look in the mirror and say, I have hair and I'm grateful that I have hair or I have teeth and I'm grateful that I have teeth and just started speaking kind words to myself as though I would speak kind words to a friend. And it feels awkward if you have, like I know there's lots out there about self-care and self-love and I think that that kind of self-care tends to be framed up as going for um you know, going to a day spa or a massage or, you know, any Mm -hmm. of those kinds of more pampering type things, which are wonderful. Sure. But it doesn't necessarily help with that inner kindness. So the, the speaking of kind words and getting uncomfortable and feeling a bit dorky in the mirror when I was doing it was really, really important. And I saw change after about five months where the light started to come back on and I started to feel better about myself and it was just that daily consistent practice as you know as awkward as it felt to look at my reflection and find good things to say about me mm-hmm. and at that point in, you know at that point in time my hair wasn't looking great but that's what I came up with was I have hair and that you know and that's that's a good thing so start really small if you need to and like it it's it's incredibly powerful to be kind to yourself wonderful now clearly every day that wasn't an easy thing for you to do you just wake up and say oh I can't wait to say the nice thing about myself so, no. what is, so <laughs> they're on those on those off days where you were especially feeling not kind to yourself how did you talk yourself into doing that because it would have been easy just to turn around and walk away 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. And now back to Focused on Forward. I had committed to doing it, so I just wanted to see what would happen. Um, I, not that I'm recommending everyone do this, but I have a, a whiteboard marker and I would actually write on my mirror just something kind so that each time I went into the bathroom, I would see this note and remind myself to do it. Because you're right, there are days when you, you don't feel like saying anything and there were parts of my self that I really struggled to be okay with so it was around giving permission to go you know what it's okay not to be okay let's just find one thing today that we can say and and keep going so writing writing a note to yourself on the mirror definitely helps or a post-it note just as that reminder and there are there will be days um, if you decide to embark on this kind of practice where you'll look at it and think this is just ridiculous but it's about acknowledging that change takes time and kindness can start to grow it's just about kind of you know if I use a bit of a gardening analogy just watering it each day sure so yeah giving it giving it the conditions to grow excellent yeah yeah okay so another another thing about your book um that that I think is important for people to notice is you talk about the importance of being seen Yes. What does it mean to be seen? What does it mean to Belle to be seen? That so for me, being seen is around having those hard and heartfelt conversations, around really owning your values and remembering that you are the value, that you are not the cost. And being courageous in terms of how you start to bring that to life in the world. So it's to kind of, you know, own your choices a little bit or to set your boundaries and to say, it's great that you, um, if I give you an example, if it's around friendship circles and maybe you're not comfortable with an activity that your friends undertake, it, it might be a conversation that goes along the lines of, it's great that you enjoy doing those things. I just don't come with those kinds of choices. So maybe we mm -hmm. can catch up in a different way and really owning who you are and what you stand for instead of feeling like you have to trade yourself for acceptance or for love or for, because you're scared of rejection or you, you're trying to please people. So that's about being seen, is to have those brave um, and vulnerable conversations. I, I love something you just said, that we don't have to trade ourselves, And yeah. I, I think that's amazing because I think many times when we put ourselves in a position where we're trying to overcome some of these things and put ourselves out there as being vulnerable we feel like there's a it's a pick and choose scenario like yeah. we have to in order to get this we have to do this and you know and there's there's a trade-off there and I I think it's really important and impactful that we recognize that it's okay to say that it, there doesn't have to be a trade-off that yeah. you can you can get those good things without having to give up something of yourself 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's about, I think, understanding your definitions of things. So for example, um, if you just take fun, some people's definitions of fun might be going out and hiking like 15 miles on a Saturday. Someone else's definition of fun might be going to a karaoke bar and, and singing. So it's sure. around understanding what that is and, and you know, honouring the things that bring you joy and also honouring those things that you stand for and, and that are your convictions in terms of how you want to live your life and being okay, being okay with that. So it's really about... Um, owning you at the end of the day and really being empowered in awareness of the choices that you're making and saying I am choosing to do this because I care about this person or I'm choosing to uphold this standard because it's really important to me yeah one of the other things I, I so in this in this write-up on goodreads um I love this it, it made me laugh at a couple spots uh because now I don't know if this is something that you wrote about the book, or if this is something that somebody else wrote in as a review. But one of the things I, I loved, about it, um, it says, if you, this is the concluding paragraph here. It says, if you've been knocked down by life's storms, Bell's here to remind us that we are worthy of being fighters and lovers of ourselves. Why not step into the abyss of awkwardness and see where your feet land? Learn how to get among joy in the sea of life and do the scary thing instead of sitting in the comfortable growth stunting safety of sand in your swimsuit familiarity. <laughs> and I don't know why that, that last part of that sentence, I read the whole thing just so I could read that last sentence and have it make sense. But <laughs> that was one of the things that, that really kind of, uh, you know, made me chuckle because uh, it's honestly a very true statement. I think about it, you know, when, when we're sitting in, in things that are familiar to us, they're not necessarily the most comfortable things, but we stay there because it's, it's what we know and it's, and it's what we've been taught to be familiar with and what we've been, what we've been shown is the standard or, or, or how to deal with things. Um, but I thought it was interesting the way it was phrased there that it was the growth stunt safety. Uh, we're not, we don't allow ourselves to grow from that. That's right. So, and, and it's about that conscious awareness of, are you are you growing or are you slowing in yourself so do you do you want to kind of you know find out um, the answer to a question or to kind of explore a dream that you have around you know whether it's writing a book or learning how to surf and and what's what's your own little um what's your own little thing that you want to go go and find out like I went and learned how to surf after 40 and at the, the point that I started learning, I was probably carrying an extra 40 pounds. Um, I had all this internal chit chat going on around what are you even doing out in the ocean with your ginormous beginner yellow surfboard, which just stands out like the proverbial with the real surfers. And... <laughs> And that chit chat would pop up every day, like, oh my gosh, people are going to think you're an idiot. What are you doing? You're a mum. You shouldn't even be out here. And it would just go on, but it was like, no, I'm going to do this anyway, because there will come a point, and I do reflect on my family members, but there will come a point when this won't be an option for me, where I will, if I'm fortunate enough, be a really old lady in a retirement home, hopefully with hair that's dyed pink. And they probably won't let me out to go surfing. So I really 
you know, I really wanted to kind of push myself and get over the, that internal conversation of you can't because insert anything here. So you can't because you're over 40. You can't because your weight's not right. You can't because you're a single parent. You, like all of those you can't because I just had to fight them one at a time. And the truth is the other surfers, they couldn't care two hoots about who else is out there in the water. They might if I get in their way, but they don't care. They're worried about catching their own waves. They're, they've got their own thing going on. Yeah, it's actually quite appropriate to things, most things in life. I think we build in our own mind that there's people who are, you know, overly concerned about what we're doing in, inside of our four walls and, and what yeah. we're doing with our inside of our life. And so we concern ourselves with what other people think when those other people more than likely aren't concerned with what we think. Yeah, that's right. So it is, it is really important um, to kind of catch challenge and choose thoughts that are helpful to us in, in terms of how we want to experience life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So another question I had for you was you going through this, it, it, we mentioned it earlier. It was like the, the the journey from being the caterpillar to the butterfly. There's there's an obvious journey here that that you went through, and there's much more that's talked about in your book about your backstory and, and some of the things that you endured uh, in your younger years, moving up to adulthood, the loss of parents, and and all these things. But as you became the the butterfly that that emerged from the cocoon, why was it important to you to be an authentic version of who Bell was at that moment? Because you, you've gone through all these other things in life. And now here's an opportunity for you to, to take center stage and be authentic in who you were and what you were going to be. Why was that important to you at that stage? Uh, so for, for me, when I had that conversation with Amanda, it really convicted me. It's like truth is something that I hold in high regard. And so is kindness because truth without kindness is mean and kindness without truth can be complacent. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, it was personally about holding myself to account and kind of going, if this is what you say you stand for, then you need to walk in your truth and, and walk in it in a really big way. So I wanted to play full out in all areas. I believe that we're all brave in a different way. And there's a little quiz on my website that kind of helps people identify like their, their brave archetype, I guess. So that transformation part was to kind of go, you know what, I, I have been through some stuff and I need to be create, courageous in talking about it and not get shackled to shame to say that I can't talk about it or that I'm going to be silenced because it doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve anyone else to kind of say, you know what, if you're sitting in that space where I once was, I want to let you know that there's a way out. I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that if you need to have that conversation and to speak up, there is a safe way to do it, that you can have that hard conversation and that you can heal. And that sometimes you won't get an apology, but it doesn't mean that you can't move through forgiveness and, and get on with your life. That was a, a really important one for me. So, yeah. Okay. So I have a couple questions here and there are questions I like to ask every single guest. Yeah. Who's, who's ever uh, been kind enough to, to be on the opposite side of the microphone from me. So the first question is, looking back over the course of your journey, what is the single greatest lesson that you have learned? 
If you like, if you fall down, I'll probably use like one of my fa my favorite sayings, which is a, based on a Japanese proverb: "Fall down seven times, get up eight. Mm -hmm. We're going to fall down. It's really important to get up, and if that getting up involves you being kind to yourself, asking for help, being kind to others, doing some of the hard inner work around healing, that's how you get back up. But just keep getting back up. Like you, you're so needed on this planet. Absolutely. And actually that's, that's a, a saying I use with my kids quite often, a, a similar one. Anyway, um, I always tell them, it doesn't matter that you fall. It matters that you get back up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so same basic premise, um, you know, that, because that's, that's what matters. That's that we keep trying that we keep working that we keep doing. So I, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great lesson. And mainly because it's one that I use. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice to know, Tim. There you go. All right. And then uh, the second question uh, is, is awfully similar to the first question. Looking back over the course of your life's journey, what is the single greatest piece of advice that you were given? Oh, to believe in yourself. The, like the power of belief. I had a coach once and she was amazing at drawing out the like the goodness in 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 someone or for me in particular around seeing the good in people so that activation of self-belief and activating belief in others is incredibly powerful so it's all around choosing the ones that grow us grow us right. forward okay excellent yeah. all right so uh the for those playing the home version of the game again the book is called Awkward is the new brave. So, uh, and part of the course of her advice, underneath that in the, in the small print, it says wipeouts happen, get back up anyway. And so Belle Lockerbie has been our guest today and we've been so happy to have her and, and have her share her thoughts and everything. And I wanna encourage everyone to go out and, and take a look at this book. Um, I think you'll find it very, very engaging. Uh, as you notice, uh, Belle's got a pretty good sense of humor, and that is displayed uh, very, very nicely throughout the book as well. So talking about some serious topics, but diffusing a little bit of it with, with some humor and, uh, um, and some raw emotion at the same time. So it's, it's a nice thing. Uh, Belle, where can people find out more information about you and more information about your book? If you want to head over to facebook.com forward slash hey there bell is probably the easiest way to find me and bell is with two e's and two l's uh, otherwise you can find me over at my website at belllockerby.com where there's links to programs and resources to help you on your brave journey and also over on instagram where i tend to do a couple of little igtvs and talk about topics that are close to my heart which is just at instagram.com forward slash Bell Lockerbie. They're the best places to find me. Excellent. So when we put this out, we'll make sure that we include that information in both the description and on our, our social media uh, cards that we put out there so that people can, can look you up and find you and, and uh, know more about why they need to, to look at you for, for this kind of information. So again, Bell, thank you so much for, for being on today. Uh, you've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Tim. It's been awesome talking to you. All right. Well, thank you, guys. That's going to conclude us today for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode. 
of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.